Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? Sentimental. Sentimental, it is. It's a sentimental day, man. Uh, did you listen to Marty's second last game? It was his last night game. It was his last night game. I listened to some of it. it was, um, there's a lot of cool stuff that happened, and we'll get into we'll get into some of it. You don't just have a radio in your house anymore, you know? No, I don't, at least. Yeah, I, 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 I realized to that tonight. To the, <laughs> you don't have a radio in your house. <laughs> I had to listen to it on the uh, At Bad app. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we're going to get into some Marty Brenneman stuff today. Uh, we're going to start the podcast off with that. We also, of course, have our locks of the week for uh, the NFL uh, against the spread pick'em, we've got a uh, little bit more MLB talk. We're going to get into some playoff races, which there's a lot of really crazy things that could happen and are potentially happening right now in the American League and in the National League. Even with, though the National League is pretty well locked up, yeah. With with not, I was that's what I was going to say. With not even that many teams really in contention anymore, there yeah. could still be a lot of stuff that yeah. happens. This, I mean, the after tonight. The wild card, the two wild card teams are. I mean, everybody in the National League playoffs is set. We just don't know where they're going to be. Yet. Correct. Yeah. So that's that's going to be really interesting. Uh, we're going to get into a couple things, and of course, we'll we'll talk about the Dimitri Martin special that we uh, comedy special that we watched, and get into what we're going to watch next. So, uh, but uh, to start, let's talk about whoever is uh, whoever's kicking us off uh, on the sponsoring the podcast. Well, training personally. Is a sponsor of the podcast. Yes, Training personally with Peggy Edwards. No matter your level of fitness, beginner, intermediate, advanced, if you'd like to be challenged a little or a lot and want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of a personal trainer, then training personally with Peggy Edwards is for you. Training personally is interval training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace, on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts fun. She keeps them fresh and new. She keeps them safe, of course. Of course. Most important, got to keep that workout safe. Got to keep it safe, and she does that. Um, if you're if you're ailing, you have some kind of little, little nagging injury or something like that, but you're good enough to work out, but you just got to be careful with it. She will give you modifications for every exercise she has. Very good at that. Uh, go in there and mention the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, and you will get your first entire month of membership to training personally with Peggy Edwards for free. That's awesome. It's located on the west side of Cincinnati. You can find the exact address and all of the information you need at trainingpersonally.com. She's also on Facebook at Training Personally with Peggy Edwards. Also, uh, before we get into the Marty Brenneman talk, uh, we want to mention Ohio Mosquito Control. Uh, Ohio-MC.com at Ohio Mosquito Control. They offer quality services to the Cincinnati area at reasonable prices. Family-owned and operated, their professional mosquito control service. Uh, it's just a phone call away. You can get them at Ohio-MC.com. They're going to keep those pesky mosquitoes off of you. Keep your welts down. Uh, if you got kids or anything like that and you're like me and my family, everybody gets eaten up except for me. We spray. They spray our yard and uh, got no issues, no problems. Uh, sit by the pool all year. It's great. They'll also do one-time sprays if you got some kind of party or anything like that going. And uh, they'll take care of you. So get a hold of them. Ohio-MC.com. They're the pest of the pest. Now, Adam, yes, I want to get into... I want to get into Marty Brenneman today, but to start the start it all off, I would like to 
uh, I want to play something that I heard today that was that was pretty special. Okay. Uh, so Matt Veskersen, for who's with the major uh, MLB Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I guess I'm finding out now that was uh he was a pretty big Marty Marty Brenneman fan and Marty was uh, a big influence in his broadcasting career. He's an amazing broadcaster. He does a phenomenal job. He's on all the MLB the show games and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna play this. This is something that uh, Matt Vaskersian penned to paper. Have you heard this? I have not. I've seen almost every the last couple of days a ton of stuff have come out have come out about Marty and interviews and stuff like that. And I this is probably one of the only things I have not seen yet. This I wanted is to probably, see it. This is probably my favorite okay. so far. Um, Can I but, get a tissue? Yeah, you're gonna need one. I brought oh, some man. I brought some paper towels. <laughs> oh, you really did? I'm not kidding. <laughs> so uh, and if I get the sniffles, it's because I got the sniffles, not because <laughs> that, yeah, you know, I can I is, can right? vouch for that. Yeah, yeah, you do have is. a nose that's thing going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna act like it you are crying though. All right, there you go. All right, so we're gonna play this. I don't know if we're technically allowed to. This is something that he penned to paper and then he got on a microphone and read it and uh, they posted it on the tweet box at MLB is it at MLB network? I don't know. Oh. Whatever their tweeter is. So uh, here we go. This is Matt Vaskersen on Marty Brennan. Cool, here we go. Dear Marty, as you approach the end of your Hall of Fame run in the Reds radio booth, I wanted to get behind a microphone myself to tell you why you'll be so missed and what you've meant to me. In 1991, I started my play-by-play career in Class A Huntington, West Virginia, a place where the Reds have always been popular, as you know. But back then in the afterglow of the previous season's World Series title, the Appalachians were decidedly Reds country. I arrived in Huntington having never heard a major league game outside of my native California, where I held the likes of Vin Scully, Jerry Coleman, and particularly Bill King in the highest regard. But it was on the very first time that I stumbled into you working with Joe Nuxall on a rainy April night on WLW that I knew, for me, you were the voice that would define the way a broadcast should sound. It was somewhere in between a story about an Elvis statue, a Hal Morris Homer, and the best soil for a tomato garden that I knew I was hooked. Listening to Red's radio made me feel like I was a friend, and the longer I listened, the more I felt I was in on the gags and quips that became a part of the experience. It was like going to a Friars Club dinner with live BP on the other side of the curtain. Years later, as a rookie Brewers broadcaster, I disregarded the long-standing advice to never meet your heroes and decided to pop into your booth at Old Riverfront Stadium to say hello. You turned around and greeted me with a smile and a handshake. I'm all right, you? Yet all the while, I couldn't help but notice Nuxall fast asleep with his head propped up on the side of the wall. You asked me how I was handling the cold weather in Milwaukee when on cue, Nuxy woke up to say, Milwaukee, put another log on the fire before immediately returning to the same sleeping position he'd been in a moment earlier. Don't mind Joe, you said. He doesn't get started until the middle innings. (laughs) Throughout the years, I can say for certain that no veteran broadcaster was ever more gracious or downright fun to be around. It was your voice that put generations of Cincinnati fans to bed by stating simply, this one belongs to the Reds. 
You had a pretty good run, Marty. Hank 714th on your first day on the job. Henry Aaron has just tied Babe Ruth's home record. From the big red machine to the nasty boys, you were there for every big moment. It's got to be the biggest thrill of your career. It is. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's number 4192. Bob Seaver has pitched his first major league no-hitter. And the 1990 World Championship belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. You irritated fans from St. Louis to Chicago and even let a few players know when you'd had enough with their infamous, I was here when you got here and I'll be here after you're gone line. I don't think you ever really knew how right you were about that. Because for those of us upon whom you've had an impact, you'll never really be gone. Thanks, Marty, for showing me how to do it. Matt. That's the coolest thing. I, that's Very the coolest cool. thing I've seen yet. Gives me cold chills. Bring a little tear to your eyes. So we're going to start the podcast off with that uh, and get into some Marty Brenneman, some Marty, some Marty Brenneman, uh, I don't know, stories, just random stuff. I want to start off, though, with today and tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow's a day game, 1235. He'll be mm -hmm. back up in his booth. Uh, calling the game, the Reds have not won a game in like I don't know a week. It seems like, <laughs> yeah. and uh, everybody was kind of thinking, well, one of the last two games, he better be able to say, and this one belongs to the Reds. Not one of the last two games, he better be able to say it. That last game, Tomor he has to. Tomorrow's the day. The Reds have got to find a way. These overpaid, uh, you know, game players. Need to need to get a little hair up their backside and and do it for Marty. Daggone it, do it for Marty. Yeah, they got they got to figure something out. Uh, Castillo's you know, dealing though. That's okay. a good thing. Castillo's pitching. I was gonna so ask that's that. That's a good start. That's a good start for us. It would be it would be nice if they could have lined up like Castillo and Gray to be able to take over in like yeah. the fifth inning after yeah. he gets done. Gray's done. He had it, surgery. Today, I, he yeah. did. You're right. Um, and, and and he may have ended up being the best pitcher on this team actually this year. Yeah, even over Castillo. You're but, right. Um, but anyway, the, the uh, he. Oh was man, that me? That's no, okay. I just saw that. Uh, that was you. Yeah, this was plugged in, right? I'm pretty okay. sure it was plugged in. <laughs> I hope it was plugged in while we were while we were doing that because I just realized that I yeah I unplugged oh, heard it, it afterwards. We I, heard I unplugged it. it afterwards. Okay, so so anyway, that would have been bad. So we really really need we need. The Reds to figure out how to win tomorrow uh, against the uh, against the Brewers, and it, it, another great thing that might be lining up well for the Reds is the Brewers clinched tonight. They beat the Reds. They crushed the Reds tonight, and because they clinched a spot now, that that's the thing is they're they're still playing for a possible home home field advantage for the wild card game. Um, so they're in the playoffs, but they just don't know whether they're going to be playing at home or playing in Washington, or possibly. Or possibly or could possibly, win the division. Or possibly, right. You're right. That's true. We'll get into all that later. Um, so right, but uh, but I was gonna say. So I was I was going to say because they clinched a playoff spot, they might rest some of their guys tomorrow. That's probably not gonna be the it's case. Not gonna though. be the case. They need it, to it, win every game they can. So. Right. 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 But so this is the perfect opportunity to play spoiler, and and have one of the one of maybe the biggest moment in Reds history since. 
they brought Junior to to the Reds. Yeah, I mean a more important a more important moment for me individually and for a lot of people. I think. I mean, I you know I like yeah. I like Griffey, but but Marty Brenneman is Marty Brenneman. He's he's he was there. He was he was there before me, and he'll and, well, he's not going to be there after me. I mean, but I'm he was be there a, before Griffey, fan, and he'll but, be there, and he was right, there right, after right. Griffey. Right. It's but, a go ahead. No, yeah, no. I, I was going to say. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. We they they have to find a way to win. They have to because it ju- it's just going to be odd. It's going to be so odd to figure out how to end the game. I mean, he he'll call it the same way he calls every game, the same way he's called games for 46 years. But um, but to to end his last broadcast with this one belongs to the Reds. It's just it would be too fitting. You can't not get that done. You have to if you're the Reds. If you're Marty Brenneman, have you thought of a way to say something like that or bring in this one belongs to something even if they lose? As of earlier today, I saw that he doesn't have anything planned he yet. He doesn't ever plan anything. They've right. got everything planned for. Him. Marty is the most laid back, act like he like he's the most he is the most cocky son of a gun you will probably ever meet in your life. I don't mean that in a bad way. And I don't no, mean he, I, I don't even know if I really mean that he's I don't know if he's like that or not, but he just seems to always uh he just seems he is very he, he sure, sure of himself. Um and that's a good thing and and that's you know that's what part of what makes him really what makes him one of the best and and what I measure every other broadcaster against because and, and that's the thing is is he's spoken about that recently too is he probably he th- he doesn't think he could get a job right now if he was entering broadcasting I heard now. That, yeah. He doesn't think he could get a job because he's flat out honest, and it doesn't matter what what team he's working for. He gets paid by the Reds, right? Yep. He gets paid by the Cincinnati Reds, and he's got plenty of bad things to say during broadcasts about them because no he's a hundred percent honest. And he's gonna call he's gonna call the game as it's happening. If somebody's having an awful game, if a guy can't hit the strike zone, this guy's having an awful game. He looks terrible tonight. You know what? It's not a knock on the guy. It's a knock on the game he's having. It's, he's just flat out. The guy's 0 for his last 28. He's he's miserable right now. Exactly. He's he looks awful. Exactly. So and and some players have not liked it over the years. Some maybe managers and and some of the some of the um, you know some of the uh, front office staff and stuff have not loved that uh, when he's criticized the team, but. I love it, and that's what I measure everybody else up against now. Sure, yeah. I mean, because you can't, especially, especially home announcers. You know, it, it it sure it's easy to be positive all the time for your team and find some sort of silver lining if a guy's terrible, right? But it's it's really not the truth. I mean, Marty just speaks truth, and 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 that's that's been his mo for for forty six years, and and that's what I. I don't know. I, that's that's just what I I like that so much about him, and it bothers me so much when get when like guys get on their broadcasts and are just big time homers for their teams because I'm like that doesn't you're just a fan you're just another fan you're just a bum like me sitting in the stands you know cheering for your team or or whatever you know no matter what happens yeah but I don't know I I just. I love Marty, and it's gonna be it's gonna be sad, but it's gonna be cool to to hear it 
it was um, a cool game today. He had his his grandkids did a couple innings with him. I missed that. I wanted to hear that. It was that was kind of cool. I mean, it was know, they were both really fast innings, and there was not a lot going on. But uh, I know Bob Euchre stopped in the booth for an that inning. That was amazing. That's Bob. I, I got to go back and listen to that. Bob Euchre with Marty and T- Tom and Marty in the booth, and it was probably the longest half inning. Thank God in the game, and except for the first, except for the first inning, and it was. Yeah. Phenomenal, Bob Euchre. That dude is he's, on all the time. He's so funny, so he, funny. He is on all the time. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't even, I don't know how else to say it. He's just, and he's as quick. And every time he would be like, you know, I got to ask you a question, Marty. And they were like, oh, geez, here we go. What do we got? <laughs> it was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, um, I'm sure it's going to be all over the place. The cool thing about tomorrow is. MLB speaking of MLB Network and Matt Vaskersen, they are putting the Reds game on MLB Network tomorrow, twelve thirty-five p.m. Thursday. I'm say tomorrow if you're listening to Facebook Live, or today if you're listening to it on Thursday or whenever. But Thursday, twelve thirty-five, September twenty-sixth, is Marty's last game. It'll be on MLB Network with seven hundred WLWs broadcast in the background. Yeah, or dubbed over top of it. I right, should say. right, and that's uh, I've I've got my DVR set. I saw that 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 was going to be the case earlier today, and I set my DVR tonight before I came over here. I'm just praying to God that it doesn't like the the DVR recording doesn't stop before the end of the game. You got to set it for like four hours afterwards. I, man. I know. You got to do. I the set it for hour. like the next the next show that's supposed to be on after it. But I yeah. might go back tonight before I go to bed. And, I always and do that. Yeah, for whenever longer. you got to do the four hours after just in case. And look, it's gonna be you're at least going to be able to I want to have the whole game just to be able to go back and listen to it whenever but uh, but I you know the most important thing is going to be the end That's right it, and, man. and seeing it's how it. he signs off and and uh you know he he uh, he's probably going to get all emotional and everything You think so? I do think so. Marty is known. I mean they taught when he first came out and and made had the press conference about and we played some of it I think on the podcast when he came out and said that he was retiring this year. Mm-hmm. He was talking about they were asking him about him getting emotional and he was talking about how Joe Nuxall got emotional at the drop of a hat and he just didn't understand <laughs> it and it don't make any sense. It's a game, blah blah blah. It's a job. I don't know what how I can't remember how he described it. I don't. I don't. I just. I get emotional thinking like he's gonna be done. My dad texted me today and said I just listened to the last to my last Marty Brenneman game on my patio. I will. Ne- I will never <laughs> sit on the patio at night and listen to Marty Brenneman again. So, so, and that brings me to something else, but before we do that, so you don't think he's going to be, you don't think he's going to get emotional at the end of the broadcast? I don't. I, uh, this dude is the consummate professional. I think he's going to hold through it. And I think he's just gonna, he's just going to say, I'm, uh, he's going to say something. It's going to come out. He says he doesn't plan anything. It just, whatever comes, comes. I think he'll thank everybody and, uh, and be done. I would I would bet my I would bet my life savings that he that he gets choked up. I would bet it. Yeah, maybe a little choked up. I could see it for sure. I mean, I I, I can't doubt that just because I know how I would be. But it's it's going to be weird seeing Mar- it's going to be weird next year. Next year is going to be what's weird. Yeah. To go through an entire year and when you turn the Reds game on, not sure not sure if it's the Reds or not. You know, you know it's the Reds when you hear Marty's voice. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, you know when you turn it on, it's WLW. You know what time the game comes on. You know it's, it's the Reds game's yeah, gonna be on. It's just not the same. It's gonna be man. different. It's not the same. It's uh, it's so different. 
the the tough thing about tomorrow about his last game that he's brought and it's not the Reds last game of the season they have three more in Pittsburgh after this but it's Marty's last game the tough thing about it is it's a 12:35 game yep. like everybody's at work yep even at the end of the game most people are still going to be at work including myself it's going to be i mean i'm not going to be able to I'm probably not going to be able to listen to it. And that's why I've got my DVR recorded so I can go back and listen. They are giving away at the Reds game. The first 20,000 fans get a transistor radio with earbuds Which to is listen to Marty call the game in the stands. The coolest giveaway I've ever seen at Great American Ballpark. It's the most unbelievable thing. Uh, I wish I could be there. And I, like a like a, like a ding-dong, didn't even think about it a few weeks ago. I scheduled a lunch, and I was like, yeah, you good next Thursday? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we can go Thursday. And I didn't even think about it. So I got to be in Oxford tomorrow at 12 o'clock for lunch, and I'm going to miss Marty's last game. I want to get one of those transistor radios. I want the I want to listen to Marty while I'm sitting there. I mean, how many times have you been to a Reds game and saw some guy with headphones on listening to the call? While he's watching the game. A lot of times, and you don't get that very many places. But Marty is so beloved in this city and and so revered in his profession that people do that because Marty Brenneman is calling the game. Not because I just want to listen to the to the to whoever's calling the game, because Marty Brenneman is, makes it different, makes it yeah. a different experience than anybody else. It's un- unbelievable. I'm, I'm uh, very excited about... I'm excited to see I'm, – I'm excited for the way the Reds have done this whole month. They've made it all about Marty. They've done a ton of things for him. I'm excited that he didn't do it the way he wanted to do it, which was just at the end of the year, sign off and be done. Right. That, he, that, that they let him talk him – talked him into making it all about him, and, and it's all about the fans, man. This is this is something that I – and I think he – I think he did the right thing by letting the fans have this, and mm-hmm. it's so big to so many of us. I grew up listening to Reds games on the. I had a, a little like four inch black and white TV that had radio and a TV, oh, and cool. it sat next to my bed, and I listened to the Reds on the West Coast, and that's how I went to bed at night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how I fell asleep. I. St- uh, I mean, up until now, my wife used to get annoyed, but I would turn my <laughs> at bad app if they're in L.A. or something, and I'd turn it all the way down to like my phone on like you know volume one, sit it next to my bed, and I go to sleep. Yeah, listening to the Reds. Yep, I did. That. I used to do that too. Um, but it's yeah, it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to catch it live for a lot of people. But you do have MLB Network, and it's going to be everywhere. You're going to be able to see it all over social media, or you know, sure. hear it all over social media and that kind of stuff, and on the radio. You know, all the all the local sports talk shows and stuff are gonna are gonna have it, are gonna play it for the next couple of days and, and everything. So it's going to be, uh, you know, I'll just have to make sure I'm by myself when I hear it. I can tell you <laughs> this: this podcast that we do right now. The reason, one of the biggest reasons we do this podcast is because of Marty Brennan. Bingo. That's a great point. Growing up my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was sit behind a microphone and talk about baseball, talk about sports, <laughs> call games. I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do. That's literally, I mean, once I realized I wasn't playing baseball at the age of like six, I wasn't going to be a major league baseball player. This is the, o- that's the only thing I ever wanted to do. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm not the most technologically inclined guy, but people started talking about 
these podcasts a few years back, and it's something that we that we both really love to do. And it, 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 listening to Marty Brenneman is the reason that I ever wanted to stand here and have a microphone in Ex- front of my face. Exactly the same for me. Uh, in high school, I was like, wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do after that. Where you know what I wanted to go to school for anything, and I was like. Well, I love the Reds, and I love Marty Brenneman probably more than anything about the Reds. I love listening to games, and he, you know, he's just, he was that, he's the best. Like, we were just so lucky to have the best guy at his profession, you know, among the best, like the top in the same tier as the Vin Scully's and the. He is the, he's, he is that tier. Vin Scully's definitely. more well known because he did it for 180 years. And he was in LA. Yeah. And in the big, in the big, big market of LA. And Bob Euchre is known because of, uh, Mr. Belvedere <laughs> and, you know, and, and, uh, major league and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when it comes to calling a baseball game, he is right there with those guys. There's, yeah. There's no one tier and he's just below it. He's in that first tier. Absolutely. There's probably only, you know, you can go back and talk about Mel Allen and, you know, there's some other guys in that in that tier. Mm-hmm. But of all time, not just since he's been doing it, but of all, all time. time. Yep, absolutely. It's yep. one of those things where you're Reds fans, we will never really, I don't think we'll ever, we can appreciate it and talk about it like this, mm-hmm. but I don't think we'll ever really appreciate it until we don't have it. Yeah, you're probably right. It's next next year is going to be strange. I I like the guy they brought in. That's probably going to be spending more What's time his next name? year. It's uh, it's a uh, oh shoot. No, you don't know. Neither no, I do, do not. I. Nobody knows his daggone name. I, I feel do. bad for the guy. I do know. I feel bad. Nobody knows who he <laughs> is. He doesn't. Right he though. does an inning every once in a while, even while Marty's doing it. Like he'll be in there with Marty and Jeff and it. It the cowboy. It just doesn't sound right. I, I actually like him. I actually like the guy. I think he's going to be good, but um, I mean, it's just not going to be Marty. You know, it's it's doesn't matter who you throw in there now. Um, but it's it's he he can be really really great, but it's not going to be Marty. It's not going to be the same voice. Think about you know the Reds went from Al Michaels to Marty Brenneman. I mean that's a I mean you know that's it for what uh, uh, fifty something 50 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just something else. And the guy, how, how, so this is how I want tomorrow to go. Mm-hmm. His very first game he ever, the very first Major League Baseball game he ever called was Hank Aaron's 714th tying Babe Ruth home run. Mm-hmm. First game he ever called. The last game he ever calls should be a perfect game from Luis Castillo or a no hitter. I'd be okay with a no hitter. That'd be very even cool. a complete game shutout. You know, give me he'll it will never be a complete game <laughs> keep, shutout. Keep the moving only, down, buddy. Keep the moving down. The only way that that he is going to be pitching in the ninth inning is if he has not given up a hit. Even just seven strong innings. No. Or no. even if he just gets through two two times through a the win. order. We just need and a he win. he no. only gives up two or three or four. No, runs. but to, to start your career like that and end your career in some crazy way, I mean that would make me if that was me and I would okay if I don't get emotional about anything or he doesn't get emotional about anything that's the one dude all of a sudden you, your last game you ever calls a a no hitter or you know the some young kid's uh first no hitter of his career and and that's just come on red legs that would be I know Do it I, for I'm the gonna Marty be boy. 
I'm going to be definitely following it. I probably can't. It's tough for me to listen to anything at, at work anyway, but I'm definitely going to have the, the uh, game day on on the uh, at bat app. I have game day open, and I'll be following it the entire time through two meetings probably, unfortunately. That's going to take most of the afternoon. But I'm going to be following it, and I'm going to be – I'm going to be getting all high and low with, uh, you know, if they score or they get scored upon or whatever, I'm just going to be like, I just need, I need a win. I just need a win for Marty's last game. Yeah. Let me ask you one more thing. My very last thing about this. Gotcha. Have you ever had a better, yes, you have had one, but have you ever had besides one, a better birthday gift than this? Your birthday is tomorrow, is it not? My birthday is tomorrow, yes. Happy birthday. Your birthday is on Marty's very last broadcast. Yes. Is that incredible? It is. It's 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 unbelievable. It's it's uh it's kinda um what's the word? Uh bittersweet. Bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. It's one of those things we talked about on September eleventh about how um about how that's you know my it's my mom's birthday right right but we talked about how you said you said you remember September 11th Best Buy Pete Rose 1985 Pete September Rose, 11th 1985 yeah, 4192 <laughs> speaking of right before we got on this podcast I was looking up all the stuff Marty Brenneman's called so Hank Aaron 714 Pete's 4192 Griffey's 500 and 600th home run um, you had. Well, there was more. Come on. Uh, you got Tom Seaver. All the stuff Tom in this Seavers. game. Tom Seaver's um, no hitter. No hitter. You got Browning's the, the 75, years. 76, uh, 1990 World Series. You have Browning's perfect game. There's a lot of things that Marty has been involved in. And Marty has called some un- has had some unbelievable calls. Not only that, he's also had some of the best calls ever in the history of college basketball, of yeah. the college basketball NCAA tournament. A lot of people don't know that. Yep. But he called a million games on the radio of for the um, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Including Christian Leitner's Christian Leitner shot, shot to yep. beat Duke in yep. the Elite Eight, I think it was. Yep. So uh, – but we, I was jumping on here looking at that, and I was like, and I was trying to think. I was like, you know what? I'm going to look up old Ty Cobb. When did this guy die? Because I was going to joke around and say Marty's been around since Ty Cobb. <laughs> so I pull his thing up, and randomly underneath it on baseballreference.com, it says that Ty Cobb has career hits 4,189. Unacceptable. What are you talking Baseball about? Baseball Reference is always my go-to website. Sure. There's got to be, there has to be a reason it says that. There's got to be. There's no way that of any stat in the world that they would get that wrong because 4191 was his hit record and Pete hit 4192 to break it. You know what? So why does it say 4189? I think now that, now that I'm thinking about this, I think I heard something about there were a few of his hits that were taken away. Why? I can't remember. How do you take, why would you take a hit away? I, I can't remember. You can't go back and watch the video and say, nope, actually that was an error. I mean, I guess baseball can, but. How yeah, can I they mean, go I, back to the video? Was there even video back oh, then? No, probably not. Yeah. They, they turned on the radio broadcast and said, yeah. ah, I heard the crack of the bat. It didn't sound like a double. <laughs> No, um, I, I half of that I, was fake back then too. They, so, had, guy, yeah. they had a guy in a room <laughs> yeah. with a little hitting two re- sticks together yeah, for the two crack. sticks together for when somebody hit it, and he's just reading what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I did. Man, that's weird because you did bring that up before the before the podcast, and I didn't think about it until you just said something again. I'm like, 
something vaguely is in my mind about seeing something about that. Like for some reason, a, a few of his hits were taken away at some point or something like that. I have to, I have to look that up. I can't understand it. Doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, yeah, we'll have to, we'll figure it out. So anyway, so Marty and so tonight was the last time that Marty and his son got to do a game together. So yep. Tom came into the booth, the oh, radio booth, and gosh, did that. Dude, that was so pretty cool, right? So cool. They put, I, the booth was out in in right field again, or where, where Gapper's Alley, wherever. Well, I don't, I don't know where that's at. Is that left? Gapper's field? Alley. Yeah. That's like behind. That's like third base, kind of. Gotcha. Like so so they they were in there. Uh, they've had that there for a couple games now. And all his grandkids came in. They were taking pictures together. And Tom, ah, that was so cool. So cool. So cool. Um, and so so tonight was that game. And during this game, there, of course, the Reds lost 9-2. It was they got blown out. But And that clinched a playoff spot, like we mentioned a little bit ago, for Milwaukee, making them I'm not done second. talking about Marty. I think we're done talking about Marty. <laughs> I think we're done. All right. Um, but we're but but that clinched a playoff spot for Milwaukee. They are in. They are still uh is it okay, so if the Cardinals the Cardinals did lose tonight, I think to I think if Milwaukee wins tomorrow, maybe and the Cardinals lose, are they two back now? What's the what's no, the deal? No, here? no, 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 no. After this, so are they, they are back? a game and a half behind. Game and a half. Yeah, uh, but but Tomorrow the Cardinals do not play. Do not so play. So that half game will be gone tomorrow. So if Milwaukee wins, which with they, which they will not, no, they, they will not, not win tomorrow. They will not. But if they did, um, then they would be one game back entering the final series of this regular season with a chance to to possibly come from behind and uh, beat the Cardinals and and win the Central Division, and that would be incredible because. They have done this for the last two, two and a half weeks without Christian Yelich, without the best player on their team. They're playing the best baseball they've played. I mean, they're on a six-game winning streak right they're, now. They're 13-2 and two without Christian Yelich. And, and St. Louis is an off game tomorrow after they played 19 innings yesterday. Yeah. Or two, yeah, yesterday. And then a day game today. Oh, my god, That gosh. had to suck. I, yeah, I forgot about that. So after that, St. Louis gets a day off, but then they're going to Chicago. Or Chicago's going to them. I'm not sure how that works, but well, the Cubs are playing awful right now. The they're Cubs play, are just they're playing in but. St. Louis, but yeah, but you can't tell me right now that the Cubs aren't coming to play in that in that series. They're coming to play in that series. You think so? They have the opportunity to knock out their division rival, but 100. percent And if they, of anything of any team, they're a team that can do it. That's a team that's 100 percent all the time. I mean, obviously they were they they led the National League. Um, central for most of the year this year, but they're hustling all the time. Even when they're on going bad, those guys hustle down the line. They they play the, the say what you want about Rizzo and and some of the guys on the team. They play the game right, and I I think it's fun. I think these guys are going to step up, and and uh, I think they're going to step up and try to try to knock them into that wild card. So you're thinking that uh, are you are you thinking that Milwaukee is going to? I can't. I don't. I'm not sure who Milwaukee has um, coming up this weekend, but they. Uh, are you asking me if I think that they can that they can win? Uh, is Milwaukee going to win the Central? I can't. I, Tough, right? Yeah. I mean the I, the Cardinals I are playing great. The right Cardinals now. are the Cardinals playing have good played ball great too, for the last, even though they lost the last two games. 
you know what I'm going to do it. I'm going to say I'm going to say just be, just to get on the Cardinals fans and uh and ride this Christian Yelich injury. I'm saying I'm saying Milwaukee comes out and uh they win 2 out of 3 and St. Louis loses 2 out of 3 and this becomes your favorite game 163 your favorite game 163 to find out who's going to play in the wild card game. Wow, that would be exciting. I would love that. <laughs> I would. I, would I know you very, would love that. I'd be very excited about that. Um, Speaking of game one sixty three, how about this? How about this? This idea, okay? Okay. So right now, currently, the wild card in the American League is um, a. It's Cleveland is one game out. They're they're one game out. Oakland and Tampa Bay are tied. Cleveland is one game back. Very very easily, three teams could be tied for the. For the first spot mm-hmm. in the for AL both wild card. spots, kind of yeah, for both spots, however you want to say it. So it comes down to do you do you know how this works? Do you know how this goes? I I'm kind of I'm trying to remember because I thought I saw a bunch of scenarios like this laid out last year. It's crazy, and I'm I thought it was just it came down to tiebreakers. It comes down to tiebreakers first. So mm-hmm. the tiebreakers are runs scored against the other two teams. Okay, so you yeah. take or not run scored. I'm sorry. Your your um, head to head. Your head to head versus the other two teams, but it's a versus both. You you don't. It's not like me. It's not Oakland versus Tampa Bay, and then Oakland versus Cleveland. So is it total? It's total. Oh. It's Oakland ver. It's it's the Oakland's record versus both teams. Total. Tampa Bay's record versus both teams, and Cleveland's record versus both teams. Okay. Cleveland's only won two games against both of these guys. Oh wow. Oakland and Tampa Bay, one of them is 9 and 4, the other was 9 and 3. I can't remember how that worked. Which one was which? Either way. So, they have an A, B and a C, okay? Whoever has the best head-to-head record gets to choose. If they so the way it works is one team, the two teams play each other. The winner of that game is the um is the is is has home field advantage. Okay. The loser plays the other team. Okay? Winner of that game is the second wild card. If you're the first team, you get to choose what you want to do. If you want to be A, B, or C. Obviously you would not take you would either be A or C. You either want to you either give yourself two chances, which obviously you would do that, because if you lose that first game, you still have a chance. You still have a chance Gotcha. Uh, as a backup yeah. in the second game. Or you could be the C team and say, okay, well, if we're going to play back-to-back games, I want to be, and you got to come to me because i got the best record, I'm going to make this team travel the day after they just played and come to me okay. and, give, and have an advantage that way, a team that just lost. Dude, it's cra- Does that ma- did wow. that make sense? Yeah, I got it. Did I explain it correctly? Yes. Okay. I, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize it's it was a, like that. It's a. It comes down to like a little uh, round robin okay. kind of a deal. So that's game one sixty three and one sixty four, <laughs> and then the wild card, and that's what I want. <laughs> I want all the. I want all the one game elimination playoff games I can get. Um, so oh my that, gosh, how god that, that would you be one hundred and sixty two daggone games. Come on. I know the regular season should be should be shorter. I I think, um, and we had that conversation last year. I know. But uh, unbelievable I, I, the different things that can happen. I, I, I'm telling you, now, it, 
none of those teams can win their division like like uh, Milwaukee has an opportunity to do there. But Correct. one of those teams, 94 wins, 95 wins, 93 wins, one of those teams is not going to be in the playoffs. That's crazy, man. That's that's unbelievable. And the winner of they're going to have uh, one of those teams is probably going to have more wins than the NL Central champion possibly at the end of this thing. Yeah, because uh, no, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the most wins the Cardinals could have 93 wins and that's and if Cleveland doesn't win another game, they're not going to be in it. Yeah. So, there'd be 94 yeah, so no matter be. what, they're going to have more wins than the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, it's very getting very exciting. And the other thing is we're starting to be able to look at possible matchups for those first round games. So we're, we're talking about the wild card, especially, but then you, you talk about, so if, if the wild card, so like in the, in the national league, the wild card is going to be Washington and Milwaukee, most likely, or possibly the Cardinals. But, um, and, and those two could still switch too. If it's Washington and Milwaukee, Milwaukee could end up with the first, play you know with the with the home field in the wild card too right um so whichever you know but whichever team comes out of there uh they're almost definitely going to play the dodgers so we already kind of know you know whether it's washington milwaukee or uh, possibly definitely st louis the they're yeah. playing the dodgers yeah yeah that's true with three game three games left yep um so so you kind of already get to start thinking about matchups pitching matchups and stuff like that and which teams you know how how teams stack up against the other teams and you can start looking at head to head through the season and stuff like that and and which hitters hit the best against you know who who hits the best against Scherzer from the Dodgers and who you know like that kind of stuff and it's it's just fun to start thinking about which which of these matchups you know whose aces are going to be going sure. in games 1 and 3 1 and 4 or whatever yeah but then that that's the other thing too is Scherzer's probably not going to pitch game 1 right yeah because Scherzer's going to pitch the, the wild card going to pitch the wild card game right the the only thing is then you come back with either Patrick Corbin or uh or Strasburg and th th those three guys are the top 4 strikeout leaders in the National yeah. League right now. <laughs> I mean that's why I feel pretty I feel pretty strong about Washington for that that reason alone. I mean they they have three absolute studs. Offense will win you games in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, man, it is all about pitching. You can shorten series you get you can shorten these series down because there's so many off days, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But you, they only have to throw three pitchers. That's it. You only got to throw three guys. Yep. Yep, and 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 your last two guys can come out of the bullpen and stuff like that, and you can yep. you can kind of re restructure your bullpen a little bit for the postseason. And and let me let me ask you a question. Bob Euchre brought this up today, talking with Marty and Tom. It's getting to the point now where I mean, you got you got managers starting relievers and then bringing somebody in afterwards, and then you got guys like Milwaukee who you throw five innings or four innings or whatever, and they just go send waves of their bullpen at you. Yep. And, you know, their bullpen pitches six innings a game, five five to six innings a game. Um, coming up, this is what baseball is becoming, right? I mean, this is yeah. – This is – I mean, we are seeing a transition. It's happening. You know, I hate it, but we got to get used to it. Mm -hmm. You've been telling me all year I got to get used to it. <laughs> right. He brought up a good point. In, in 20 years, 25 years from now – the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to have a difficult job to do to figure out exactly who belongs, you know, what are, what's the criteria going to be to be eligible for the Hall of Fame as a pitcher, and in that case, 
who's getting in as a pitcher. That's going to be a I, – I'm, I'm really interested to see how it goes. That or it's just going to be you're going to know who the Hall of Famers are because they're the only ones that pitch more than five innings. Yeah, uh, it is. Your, your criteria is going to be different. Your milestones are going to be different. Guys are never going to be going for 300 wins again or anything like that. It's going to be – it's going to be – you know, just whoever has the best whip and the best, probably, probably these advanced stats that that keep coming up every year, new ones every year. You're going to start looking at those more. You still for have, you still have the big ones, which is which is uh, ERA, WHIP, and um, you know, batting average against. Those are still strikeouts and right. stuff. But even that, you know, you you don't pitch as many innings. You're you can be the best strikeout pitcher for 15 years in a row, yeah, and they, you're not going to your strikeouts aren't going to stack up against. Right, the so the other Hall of Famers because you're only pitching five innings a game. K's per nine, then you know you got yeah, different. Right. Yeah, right, and that's right, and that's what I like mean. That, that yeah. would have to come through. So it's unbelievable. He was talking about that, and it's a good. I thought that was a really good question. I that's it's in it's it's going to be something because I mean you got guys like Milwaukee who they will throw their bullpen at you all day and every day. And and Marty asked him. He said, "Do you think this is going to work in the playoffs?" And he goes, "I do think it's going to work." And I think it's also what you're going to start seeing all the time. Yeah, especially yep. in the playoffs. But you guy but, gets a little bit hit, boom, he's gone. That's the thing. Everybody, you know, pitchers are going to have to pitchers are going to have to start a different kind of routine. Like I think everybody's going to have to their off season workouts, their off season routines are going to have to completely change. They're going to everybody's going to have to train their arms to be able to pitch See, two or three innings. I think that's already happening though. I think I think people people's off season training that's going to that's always changing no matter what anyway. But but I mean a lot of ninety percent of pitchers out there in Major League Baseball are relievers. Yeah, well, I, but but I mean I think we're still in that transit early transition period where. Guys are used to if you're a reliever, especially if you've been in the league for a while and you've been a reliever, you're pitching like an inning. Now yeah. you're going to have to pitch two innings or three innings because you're going to have to get that out of guys because you can't throw every guy out of your bullpen an inning every night yeah. and expect them to be able well, to they, go every night. Well, they said that they would allow they would allow guys uh, that apparently what Milwaukee does is they'll allow guys to go back to back innings, but that but then they are not allowed. But they won't go back to back days. Yeah, but you have to juggle which guys are gonna. You know, you want to have for each day. I mean, you can. You know, Michael Lorenzen pitched every day. It seemed like this year for the Reds, yeah. and it's like, you know, and guys at the end are of the gonna start struggling. Yeah, guys are gonna break down, and that's what I, the, that happened to the Reds bullpen in the second half of the season, without a doubt. And anyway, it's just I, I really think guys are gonna have to change how they how they you know, keep their arm in shape. I, I just think it's going to be, you know, bullpen guys pitch a lot more. Starters pitch less than they ever did. You just, everything's going to have to change about that. And it might not last forever. I mean, it's, it's, it might eventually somebody it's, it, everything's kind of cyclical in baseball and sports a lot anyway, that you eventually it's going to go back to, you know, eventually in the NBA, we might go back to having some dominant big guys, you know, where you throw sure. it to them in the post. Maybe yeah. at some point. It doesn't look like it right now, but at some point it may because it's going to be so guard-dominated for a long time that there's going to be a super, super good, dominant, huge 
person, a Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. that comes into the league who's not going to go out. and he's If he's 350 pounds, he's not going to go out there and shoot threes and guard guys on the perimeter. He's going to stay inside. And you're you're going to throw it to, him. to stop him. He's going to do that drop step, clear you out with the elbow, and dunk it. And 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 that's going to be a and he's going to be a dominant force, and his teams are going to win. And then it's going to be like, oh wait a minute, maybe maybe the big guy is still a thing, you know. And then and then people start drafting those guys, and it com- becomes more important. And same thing in baseball, it could happen again. It, it just, I don't expect anything to really like stay the same for a long time. You know what I mean? I mean sure. it might for a while, but um, but you never know. We we don't know advanced stats and everything else are going to making the game crazy. So anyway, um, I apologize. I stopped you from talking about something so I could say that talk about what Bob Euchre had to say about that, but, yeah, uh, no big deal. yeah. Uh, Oh, Milwaukee. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's a, uh, it's an, it's an interesting way to go about it, but that's the way that they're doing it. And it's working. You got guys like the Rays who, uh, you know, how many starters did they start in a game this year? They didn't even start starters. Did they? I mean, <laughs> right. I feel like it was relievers that started every game. Yeah. Which I still, I mean, I'm sure there's some stat it worked for him. So I, the game I was watching the Rays game tonight. They're playing the Yankees, which is a tough, tough opponent to to try to win, uh, try to get into the playoffs against at the end of the year. But uh, they had their best guy, Charlie Morton, going, and he pit, he gave up his first hit in the sixth inning. Guess when they took him out after the sixth inning? Mm-hmm. He gave up. He threw six innings, gave up one hit. And he's out, and they had they had bullpen. They had guys warming up, two guys warming up in the bullpen almost the entire next two innings, like different guys. Yeah, I mean they had guys warming up constantly. Um, so it was it was uh, yeah, they really worked that bullpen thing. Milwaukee really does it. Everybody does it to a degree, I think, or almost everybody to a degree now. But those two teams for sure, big time. Yeah, no doubt. So. What do you think about this Rocco Baldelli guy? I didn't mean I didn't even ask you about that, but uh, old Rocco's doing a heck of a job. I, I didn't realize he never managed anybody. No, he's never managed. The Twins hire him, and he's wins ninety some games and ninety six games, and he's in the and he and he makes the uh, playoffs. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, he was. I remember the year that he came up and was was like on fire, and he was. I think with he might have even Tampa been Bay. rookie of the year, and yeah, yeah. with Tampa Bay and. Uh, uh, he was a really good player for like a year, year and a half, two years maybe, and then he kind of dropped it. off. But, yeah, that was it. But uh, good for him. He he got into got into managing. Must be a smart guy, and uh, he's 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 doing pretty well for His himself. His name's right Rocco. Now. That's pretty slick. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Rocco's modern life. Rocco's modern. There you go. So uh, there you go, buddy. What uh, what else? What else we got? Uh, you want to? We got anything else on baseball? You want to talk anything more about the playoffs? I don't. I want to talk about your dominance in these NFL picks. And, and uh, I know and I lost one game because I took Atlanta plus one and a half, even though it closed at two and a half, and they lost by three. Sons of malarkeys. Well, the good thing for you is I had that game too, so <laughs> I had that loss as well. And the also good thing for you is I went one, uh, one and two this week, and you yeah. went two and one again. Two this and week. one, man, I'm on fire. You are on fire, and for I've the, lost two games in three weeks for the year. I'm four and five. You're seven and two. Wow, you, you are out of the man, shoot. I'll tell you what, on out. fire, buddy. You want to make some money. Right now is the time to find find out what you need to do. Now, remember, we we uh, we make our picks off of ESPN, um, off the ESPN uh, app, or you know whatever they have it on for Wednesday. On Wednesday, remember that this is the spreads on Wednesday. Everything's going to change by Sunday, not by much, but it will change. But we're going to go ahead and uh, continue this because as of right now, 
what we have to do, the loser of this for the year is going to have to uh, eat some stupid hot wings on air from Wild Mike's, which none of us wanted, neither of us really want to do, unless somebody comes up with something better. Mm -hmm. So if you got something, leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this, whether it's uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, YouTube, uh, Spotify, whatever it's on that you're listening to it on. Leave us a little leave us a little comment on the Facebook. Leave us a little comment on the tweet box. Leave us a little comment on the gram. No, we don't have an Instagram, so tell us. You guys are morons, but I have an idea for uh for Did your... you just call all of our fans morons? No, I'm telling them to leave us a <laughs> to leave us a uh a comment saying, Hey, you guys stink, but I do have an idea for what you guys should bet on. Um no. You can say whatever you want, but but we are looking for suggestions. Um, and if we don't come up with any better, our man Joe Leonard uh, suggested that we eat the hot wings that I'm afraid of. I'm I'm super afraid of them as well. But you maybe know. we just eat one. What if we just eat one or three or something like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe six might be too. Maybe might, one. Six is way too much. I'm good with three. <laughs> Let's do three. And reminder that this will also this will be on the air. Is that correct? Yeah, we're gonna do it on the air. So we're, we're talking playing, after like, like eleven yeah. o'clock at night too. Yeah, yeah it's eleven, <laughs> almost eleven thirty right now. We come on at ten thirty on Facebook Live every Wednesday. So yeah, this it's late at night. Uh, might need to call into work the next I'm, day. I was just going to say, I'm going to have to schedule that day. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's get started. I assume you have already have your picks set up. And, and honestly, I don't listen to anything Adam says from here on because I haven't even looked at this yet. Because <laughs> he's making his so picks I gotta make now. My own. Now, if I pick your game, you got to tell me that I picked it. I think it. we're okay. okay. I think Because it's not fair for me to pick <laughs> pick it's, the first no, no, three games. I'm good. I don't want to pick it. I wouldn't pick it if I knew you picked it. I wouldn't, I'd pick something different. Well, then we should alternate every week, and you should go first one week, and no, I should go No, you go first, first all the time because you already have your games, and I have no <laughs> idea what I'm going to do over here. All right. Well, then I'll start it out. Um, I'm taking Chicago, who's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. No, a two-point favorite, excuse me, at home against Minnesota. Yep. Um, so I think they, I think they cover those two. I think they, I think they win by. I mean, I think it's it should be a good game, but I think they win by at least three, right? So I'm taking, I'm taking Chicago, and maybe I'm a victim of of falling into the trap of seeing how well they played on Monday Night Football this yep, week, and yep. and they looked 1985ish. Did they really um, play all that well? I mean, their offense did not look super great. Well, the defense is what I'm the talking about. Specifically, the defense. It, it, it was 1985 Bears esque. Um, I saw it, some stat. Trubisky, so his three touchdowns were all on the run. Is that right? And there's only one other player in the NFL history that have thrown three touchdowns on the run. Really? In a game, and it was uh, Pat Patrick Mahomes. I feel like sometimes it's got to be easier because the play's kind of breaking down, and you can get and your yeah. guys are getting open. There was a throw; he, he had three of them within within six minutes of of game time to uh, Gabriel Ta- Taylor Gabriel. I could be wrong about ah, the first name. Anyway, unbelievable. One of them was one of the most unbelievable catches, and I I think three years ago it wouldn't have been a catch, but now it's a catch now. Which <laughs> I, the catch rules are also all of the all of the rules in the NFL are different now than they were three years ago. Yes. All right. So I'm taking Chicago in that first game. Second game I have is New Orleans against Dallas. Uh, this one is in New Orleans. Wow. 
and Dallas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so I'm taking New Orleans there. I think even without wow, Drew Brees. holy cow. Even without Drew Brees in New Orleans, I think they are going to. Dallas may be the best team in the NFL right now. You're right. I agree with that. And New Orleans has a backup quarterback. Yes. Okay, um, Teddy Bridgewater, I, I see you. I'm, I've, I've always been, and I'm probably a sucker, and I maybe I'm an idiot, but I've always been a big Teddy Bridgewater guy. Sure. I, yeah. don't, I don't even know why. I just really loved him in college, so I followed him to the NFL. He <laughs> hasn't kept a starting job in a while, but. Yeah, well, he, he was, I mean, he'd still be the starter in Minnesota if he didn't break his, break his uh, knee or whatever maybe. he tore his ACL. No, he would be. That dude, he was playing so. great. He was playing great in Minnesota yeah. before he got hurt. And then because he got hurt is because is the way he lost his job. Right. But uh, so anyway, I am uh, I'm still I'm still on the Saints. I mean, the quarterbacks obviously may be the most important position on a team. But um, but but I'm telling you, I think they're I still I believe in Sean Payton and I believe in their, you know, their their entire team. They've been a great team for a while now and a lot of it has to do with drew Brees, but they're also you know it's 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 a team they're they're winning as a team so i think they're going to do that this week and then my third game uh tampa bay is a nine and a half point underdog in la against the rams yeah and i think i'm going to take tampa bay to cover that look at you a lot of a lot of dogs man you're going for the old chris wicked uh for the old the the old chris (laughs) the only difference is you took a lot of well, you took one home dog, but uh, I took Tampa two, Bay's two home dogs, two home dogs yeah. and, a, and an away dog. Yeah, yep. I like the home dogs. Man, you took three underdogs in this. See, game. that's why it's fine. It's fine for you to take the same games. I'm telling you, I think okay. it's okay. No, no, I would the take the same, same game if it's if I thought it was the opposite of what you had. Oh no, wait, but that's but what you, you sh- said. The three things. Yeah. But you should. Be, I'm not worried about it. You should be able to. I'll take whatever take I want. Dag on it. That's what I'm saying. All right, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start off with uh, the Chiefs. Minus six and a half in Detroit. Okay. Taking the Chiefs. Um, then we're going to go with uh, that, Pat Mah- that That Chiefs team is, they're fun to watch. And then I'm going to take, uh, let's see here. You've got, I really want to go after this uh, Indianapolis uh, Colts-Oakland game. Six and a half, laying six and a half at home to Oakland. To the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, and I'm doing it. I'm taking, I'm taking the Colts. I'm, I'm riding the Jacoby Brissett train. Yeah, Andrew, who L- Luck was it? Was it Andrew Luke? Uh, I don't Luke know who you're talking Luck? about. I have yeah, no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jacoby Brissett's playing great, and they're playing a pretty bad team in the Oakland Raiders. That spread was what? That was uh, six and a half, is what we have on the ES. Well, looking at ESPN. On Wednesday. And then the last game that I'm going to take. I'm going to take Arizona at home getting five points against Seattle. I'm taking the Cardinals. I was tempted. I was tempted for that one. Taking the Cardinals. Five and a half, you say, huh? Yep. And I am, uh, what am I, seven and two so far? Seven Seven and and two. two. So uh, go make some money. And we will move on to... Something different. Unless you got something you want to talk about the NFL, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. Antonio Brown's staying in, stays in the media every day. Just seems he hates the media. He doesn't stay in the NFL, but he stays he in the stays media. Stays on social media all day. My man's in. My man's back in school. Good for you for going to school because we read your tweets and we've read your 
text messages and you really, really need to go back to school. <laughs> Be an English major, please. Yes. Uh, he's got English. <laughs> English is one of his classes. Is it? Yeah, he's taking okay. an English Good class. for him. Good. Good. Um, that, that's a good start for uh, self-improvement. There you go. He's got a lot of lot of stuff to work on. But anyway, uh, we all do. Yes, we do. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Anyway, so, uh, no, I, I really don't have anything else. Um, I want to make some sort of comment about NFL coaches so that we can transition into our next topic, but I don't have anything to say about that. So we're just going to go. Uh, you and I were talking the other day. We're both, we've both coached uh, kids. At right? completely different levels. At different levels. You have coached at a much higher level than I've ever coached at. Not much. I've coached uh, uh, T-ball and coaches pitch baseball. You uh, have coached. Uh, basketball, kids basketball, all the way up through eighth grade, and you've also now are the assistant JV. Can I? Can we say this now? Is that yeah. okay to say? Is yeah. it? Is it on? Is it on the? Uh, <laughs> it's on the on the official or whatever. Yep. We make it Facebook official. Sure. Adam is the JV is an assistant coach on the for the Oak Hills girls JV basketball team. Correct. Um, and, and we'll be we kind of all help out with varsity too and everything but um, but that's my official title and so yeah and this will be the second the second stop uh, for high school. I've coached girls this will be the second that's year right. only. Be- was it Beachwood it was or Beachwood, yeah, Beachwood the first time. Yep. Yep, we did one year there and then I followed my my friends. I took a couple years off and was messing around with uh with the enforcers, the semi pro team, but then um but I, I'm I'm back this year with my guys coaching and uh it's very it's a lot of fun already. We've done for the last month we've been doing drills and skills and conditioning and that kind of thing, getting them ready for the season. And so you're um, getting yourself in shape then, huh? I'm, I don't know about running? Getting, I don't know about getting myself in shape. I I have had to play a few open gyms yeah. against the girls and and a couple of the drills and skills we started with uh, one on ones and I've had to play against yeah. against a couple of the varsity girls and uh, you're laughing. I, How'd I was, it go? Uh, uh, you know what? I I I'm, I'm three and zero, but I the first game <laughs> go wait. You're good. Yeah, I bet you are three and zero. You play girls in basketball. That's Jeez, right. Beats. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> and 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 uh, you know, sixteen and seventeen year olds at that. So, um, but anyway, no. These are I played. I think maybe the three best girls on the varsity team, and the one uh, we played to. I think we played to ten the first game. Yeah, and I beat her ten to eight. Oh wow! <laughs> I beat her ten eight, nice. and then we played this the, this past weekend. We played um, we played to twelve, and I won twelve five both games. But they were, I mean, they were tough. I mean, they had, I'm playing as hard as I can. I'm really, yeah. You want to make sure that they're getting yeah yeah. There's it's no to, point it's in, to make them better. To make them That's better. why we're doing You're it. Not, and, and the right. numbers were even. That's why I had to play against somebody. Sure, uh, we're uneven. Odd. Right. We're, yeah. Correct. So um, anyway, that's that's why that happened. I'm not like get JJ I'm not like picking. Uh, he, I'm. He can light it up. I he know. can light it up now. I know. But um, but anyway, it, I'm not. I'm He's not going around a like foot taller than everybody on the team. <laughs> he is. <too. laughs> he is. Um, but anyway, I'm. I'm not going around like, like picking girls out like one on one. Me and you right now. <laughs> I'm being like. I'm being assigned as one of my coaching responsibilities <laughs> to <laughs> to make even numbers and kind of push the girls. You don't the, have to explain it. Girls. We know. We know what's going on. <laughs> I just on. don't want. I feel gotta, stupid about even been, talking you, about it now. <laughs> No, anyway, man, you're coaching. That's what you're doing. You're I'm coaching. coaching. You've coached, but like you said, you've coached. You've coached baseball uh, a few years now, and um, I, I we were just we were talking about coaching, 
um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes up about coaching. The number one thing that I like to talk to about people who have coached youth sports is, uh, is, is dealing with parents. I've never had issues now. Uh, you know, there's you know these kids aren't playing any specific positions. There's no playing time, anything like that. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, so I don't have to worry about the parents at this point in time. Most of them love me now. Once the select teams and stuff like that happen, if I'm if I'm fortunate enough to continue to coach, you know, it's probably going to be different. And uh, we were talking about things that your your uh, the head coach that you coach with mm-hmm. uh, says to the parents and gets them out in front. Because I tell you what, man, it is a you hear stories. There's some crazy still. Parents are crazy. Parents yes. are crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it, and it's uh it, it happened. It's happened pretty close to home. I haven't specifically had to deal with a lot of unruly parents but i've been on teams helping coach teams that have had a couple of incidents or whatever that you know where where parents there was a we were coaching a i think it was a seventh grade team uh a few years five six years ago or whatever and they stopped you know they stopped a game because there was a parent like 20 rows up who was so bad on the officials that they stopped the game and came over to our bench and said is that one of your parents? He needs to stop or he's out of here. And so like our coach had to, had to like in the middle of everybody, the entire gym say, Hey, you're done. Shut up. You know, basically that's incredible. And, and, uh, and you do, you have, I just heard a story, um, about a couple of day, uh, football football dads, I think, are a little bit worse sometimes. Oh, yeah. Sure, there's no doubt. I feel like football and basketball and soccer, soccer. Oh my gosh, soccer! soccer I've heard soccer, stories too. Soccer parents are crazy. Yeah, but anyway, you you do you have you have parents that don't know how to behave um, with officials and will you know if there's any kind of if they feel like there's any kind of chippiness or anything going on in a game. They'll, you know, yell at, at other kids on other teams or yell at other coaches on other teams or stuff or something from the stands. And that, that there's no place for that. It doesn't – I don't care what's going on in the game. You know, if a kid, like, just hauls off and punches your kid in the face or something like that in the middle of the game, I get you're probably going to get really, really angry. But you need to figure out – you need – you know, the officials are there to take care of that. The coaches are there to take care of that. Okay, that's a little different. You, you went so? to You went to a huge extreme right there. Okay. Let's get off the extreme, and let's just okay. go what happens in a normal game. If your kid's getting elbowed or, or you think he's getting fouled too much or something like that, your kid gets hauled. You don't have any kids. Your kid gets hauled off and and, and socked in and the middle punched. of a game. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not going down there and knocking some kid out that just right. did something. But yeah, I'm I'm up out of my seat. I might be on the court at that point in time. Not might. I will. I would be on the court at that point. In time. But then, what do you do? Do you go? At, do you find that kid's parents and go after after that dad, or do you go after that coach? Or no, what do you, I go break do do? whatever's going up, and I grab the kid and I look at the ref and I say, figure this out. Get it, you know. Of course, at that point in time, he's probably already got that got it started. But if my kid gets hit in the face, punched in the face in the middle of a game, yeah, I'm coming down. That's a whole. Okay. Di- I think that's a little different, though. It's a little different. It's, I think it's, it's a little it's, different it's, than the normal stuff that happens in a game. Sure, sure, in sure, a basketball sure. game. And maybe that. With, yeah, maybe that with, is extreme. With ex- I got it. With okay. excessive fouling and 
and you know uh or 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 just you know a little chippiness with elbows and and pushes and things like that but but that is those are circumstances where uh you do see and hear stories and see videos all the time of fights breaking out in the stands and among parents and coaches in the stands because somebody yells down and goes Hey, quit fouling everybody down there. Thirty-seven, mm-hmm. and then thirty-seven's somebody, mom. Thirty-seven's right mom goes, "Don't you talk to my boy like that." And right. then next thing you know, those two are in the middle of it, knocking each other out. Right. So that's where <laughs> there's no I no watched, one's number thirty-seven in basketball. No 30, one is thirty-five. Sorry, no one's thirty. <laughs> you can be thirty-five though. You can be thirty-five. Uh, I want to be number thirty-seven from now on in every team I play on. <laughs> Whatever, because the referee has to be able to make the sign with one two hands. I know. How <laughs> That works. Thirty-seven. You no, can do you, that. There's if you do, that. if you do have a seven, though, I think they're supposed to do like a five and like a sideways two or something. Yeah, but like you're not that. supposed to have a seven. That has to like be okayed by people and stuff. The, anyway. It depends on what league you're in. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> besides the point of what number the guy is, um, so I actually had well, thirty-seven when as I, an example. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, Sorry, so go, ahead. Number, go ahead. So 37, I don't know what's what it is about it's fine that in number. baseball. No, 37 and 73. Whenever, like, if you are telling me to pick a number one in 100, I can almost guarantee you those are one of the two numbers that I'm saying. I feel like 37 and 73 are the most odd numbers that you'll ever see, like the most unused that. numbers ever. So I love that's always the numbers that pop in my head. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I actually had a basketball coach in fifth, sixth grade. Uh, I think I was in sixth grade, and he uh, sprinted across the court to try to fight somebody in the stands because they were they were talking about something that happened to his kid in the middle of the game. And my dad's got video of it. It's just a blur. Across the court in the middle of the game, while we're playing, he comes running across, and then the video goes out. Obviously, coach got kicked out of the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you do it. It's parents have become really, really. I mean, it's been that way for a long time, actually. Yeah, it's but, been like that for a long time. And we, but it's you know, you see it a lot more now because of social media, because everything's being recorded all the time now. So you do see these videos all the time coming up. Of you know, there were two high school football games that had to be stopped in the middle of the game and ended here around us yeah, right around us. just in the first two or three weeks of the season one was a headbutt of an official the other was yeah, fights breaking out in the a, kid, a kid didn't like that a that an official called a, a penalty on him so he headbutted him with a helmet on and then yeah there were too many fights in the stands going on so they had to end the game at an at a totally separate game the next week or, the, or whatever so i mean that stuff is just people do not know how to behave so how do you how do you how do you handle it you've been in you've been doing this for a long time how do you or how does your head coach try to handle parents in situations like this well that and you kind of mentioned it you know you have a team meeting a parent meeting specifically you don't even have to have the kids there you have a parent meeting at the very beginning of the year before practices before games anything starts and you lay down the the ground rules for what you expect your expectations of the parents and of the kids and you you let everybody know up front what you are expecting out of them and it's you know you want to it's your it's your policy you want to you don't want to talk to anybody about playing time tell them i will not talk to you about playing time and it that depends on what level and all that kind of stuff um, you know, if it's a, if, you know, you have the B and C teams and stuff, the kids that didn't make the top team or whatever, and, and, and 
and usually in those situations, especially the younger grades and stuff, you you know you usually get kind of equal playing time. Well, there's or close usually to it. rules in those levels too, where right. they have to play a certain amount of time of right. something. And then the higher you get, the seventh, eighth graders, and those those top teams, those top levels, you know, you don't have those rules go away, or they or they soften a little bit, and so you don't have to play Timmy two quarters or whatever you you can play him however much or he has to appear i think that's actually the rule he has to make an appearance in the game so you can play him for one second Mm -hmm. you can start him and and take him out at the first dead ball and not put him back in the rest of the game if you want to do that um so and that's the higher you know the seventh and eighth graders because you're about because in high school there's no rule like that you don't have to play anybody so um you know, you ha- you lay that you lay that out like, look, these are the rules of the league. I have to play your son, but I only have to play him this amount. He's not guaranteed. I'm not promising him anything. If he shows up and works his butt off and practice and is always on time and has a great attitude and all that kind of stuff, he's going to earn some playing time. But at that higher level, if you have a kid who's also showing up every day and working really hard and has a good attitude – and is just naturally better, is better skilled, he's probably going to play a lot more than your son is or your daughter. And that's just the way it goes, and you have to be able to handle that. If you don't like it, please try to finish out the year, but don't, you know, if that's not acceptable to you, let him play for another team. Have Mm -hmm. him play for somebody else or, or, you know, whatever, do something else, play another sport or whatever. But you have to lay that stuff down to the parents up front. Um, so, but I don't know, I don't know what you're, like you said, you've never had, um, problems with parents talking about playing time. Sure. No, I never had to worry about it, but I, I have heard that one of my favorite coaching stories that I've heard in the, in the past is, uh, uh, my father-in-law coached girls soccer. And the thing that gets on my, that would, that would get on my nerves, um, and that I see happen all the time is parents on the sideline coaching their kids, screaming and yelling, coaching their kids. And usually there's something about that that it has happened to me. Like uh, like with, with the elbow up thing, I don't care where your elbow's at when you're getting ready to hit. It's where your hands are when you're getting ready to hit. That's that's what I'm more focused on. And Everybody when they're younger has these kids, elbow up, elbow up. Who cares where their elbow is? Usually you put your elbow up and your hands start to drop. Now all of a sudden you're in a worse position than you were before. So anyway... Uh, that, that gets on my last nerves. No, stop saying elbow up. We don't get that. Stop. You're not doing any, you're, you're everything we worked on in practice. You are hurting. You're, you're going against it now. Yeah. So he took his, he took some guy that was on the other sideline screaming and yelling all the wrong stuff, made him his assistant coach just so he could keep him next to him and tell him to shut up all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a very smart move. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's another thing that you have to deal with is, is parents feeling like they are, they want to coach their kids and that's fine. And that's another thing you have to talk to parents about right up front is, is that's fine. You could tell your kid whatever you want outside of practice, outside of games or whatever. But when we're in here, I am spending my time coaching for a reason because I'm trying to coach them and I'm trying to coach everybody the same. I'm trying to get get everybody on the same page and it's it's going to be if you are telling him something different than I'm telling him that's going to confuse him and he's not going to do what we're asking and it's not going to fit into what we're trying to do as a team here right so you have to 
you have to let them know. I don't be don't be suggesting LeBron. Don't be coaching your son from the sideline at his AAU game because he has a coach. And if you're telling him something different than that coach is telling him, um, even if you're LeBron James, look at you, man, you go to the extreme every. <laughs> that's time, not extreme. How's that not extreme? There are so the, many. The greatest basketball player in the last twenty years, and you're gonna Kobe. I didn't say Kobe. I said uh, LeBron. Um, <laughs> Don't start with me. Anyway, you're, you're gonna go on. You're gonna go on that and go. That's an extreme. That first it's off, first off, it's not. It's, he it's helps with those kids, doesn't he? No, he just He's, shows up and gets in the gets in the layup line and does dunks at his at his sixteen year old son's high school AAU games yeah. and he does that and then he ju- he runs out on the court when another kid dunks and jumps up and and you know side bumps him or chest bumps him or whatever he's running out on the court doing that stuff timeouts during time it's a timeout <laughs> when they Dead run ball. down to the other side Dead ball. Anyway, it's the principle of the thing. I don't care who you are. I'd love to see you yelling at LeBron James. You cannot. Your son to play for me. I'm not yelling at anybody. Sit your butt down. I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm going to talk to him though at the end of the uh, after the game or the next day. You don't talk to talk to parents about everybody I've ever heard. 24 hours. Take 24 hours after the game before you say anything to me or before I'm going to say anything to you. Because everybody's emotions are all high and everything. Whether you win or lose, everybody's emotions are high and. It, you're right, and that's a, that's a great policy. And you you know, if you want to talk about, you can either talk to me about playing time 24 hours after, or if my policy is don't talk to me about playing time because this is how it's going to be. I'm telling you at the beginning of the season, this is how it's going to be. This is how I'm going to, you know, divvy up playing time. It's going to be equal, or it's going to be nowhere close so to equal. I have a question for you. If it's no, you know, you're on a select team, and it's you know, hey, playing time is what it is. He may play, he may not. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with a with an email or a text or a call or somebody comes up to you after a practice and says, "Hey, what can I do outside of practice to help him to get more playing time?" Yeah, I think that's totally fine. I really I think that's fine and that's the way to handle it if you're a parent, I think. You can ask. I think you should it would it would help teach your kid, your your son or daughter to communicate with their coaches you know, and ask a tough question and take a little constructive criticism maybe. Yeah. I think that's a good way to, to, to kind of push them into that a little bit and kind of put them in that situation that they're going to have to do that because they're going to have to do that a ton for the rest of their lives. So start them now and send your kid and ask, you know, tell them, ask your coach, what can I do? And listen and then come back and you want to talk to, you know, talk to mom or dad about it and tell, and then mom or dad can help you with whatever the coach says needs to be done outside of practice, whatever extra skill work or whatever needs to happen to, to get more playing time, then that's the way you handle it. I think that I think you try to make your son or daughter do it. Now, if you're if you're talking four or five or six year olds, it's not going to happen. Maybe not. Yeah. But be, after that, but you I, shouldn't you know, have to be having that conversation, there right? Either. Because it doesn't really right. You're you're not going to have you know kids that are just not playing at all on a on a five year old baseball team. Or sure. Whatever, right. So anyway, um, yeah, I I think you I think you do that, and I think I think you want. You want to make the kids talk to the coaches first about it, and then if the kid doesn't, you know, translate it very well back to the parents, and the parents are like, "I, I don't know what you're talking about here," or yeah. "I have a feeling the coach said something different than what you're yeah. telling," or me. "I have a feeling you just didn't talk to him." <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, then you can maybe email the coach or whatever and say, "Hey, you know, I tried to get him to go. I'm, I'm not sure he's, yeah. 
you know, completely understanding or whatever. Yeah. So, so, so my next question for you, uh, being, being a coach in the OHSAA, uh, league for Ohio high school athletic association. Is that it? Yeah. Look at that, man. Good at that. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's a, that, a, a big problem that they are having because I was talking to an umpire, a Ohio high school umpire, um, who does a lot of games. He just he just started this year, and that's becoming an epidemic now. And a lot of it is because of these parents, mm-hmm. because of how crazy things are getting. Some of these people aren't even feeling safe after a game. They're getting chased to their cars after games and stuff. So, are you seeing an effect of this uh, on? referees in in basketball yeah there was there have been a few articles out just recently about um about a shortage of of officials in almost every sport i think um and it it, that really is a problem i mean you don't if you don't have officials you don't have games or you're gonna get you know parents pulled out of the stands to try to (laughs) to try to officiate a game and they don't know what they're doing you go through training for that stuff right there's there's a right way and a wrong way to officiate every sport and you have to go through certain training you have to get certified and um it it doesn't matter how much you know about the game you probably you might have plenty of people that know the rules know all the rules and stuff but there's a a correct way to do it and and certain situations to be situations yeah yeah, there's all kinds of stuff right so um so yeah that's that's a problem and that's it you know we're gonna not have sports for the for youth if parents continue, you know, and probably a very, very low percentage of parents, realistically, that ruin it for everybody else. Because, you know, those are the ones that you hear all the stories about. It's the one bad apple. It's, it's the one, one bad right. apple. One bad out. One bad apple spoil the whole bunch. Yeah. Of yeah. The the one percent of bad parents that don't know how to keep their emotions in check at a, you know, at a fifth grade football game or something like that. You're gonna, yeah. Officials don't want to do that. I mean, they make decent money officiating. You can make pretty decent money. I know a lot of people who, yeah. who, who ref basketball and stuff because this dude showed me. I mean, sixty bucks a game doing these high school baseball tournaments, and he showed me the list of games. He did quite a few baseball games, man. Yeah, yeah. You making some make some good scratch on the side. You go to you go to any little garbage rec league, the kind of leagues that I would play in. Yeah, and you're making twenty five bucks for like a forty, 40 minute minutes, game. Yeah. You know, and you don't. In a lot of cases, you, you can kind of just walk up and down the floor and just blow the whistle a couple of times, yeah. and that's it. You know, you you might catch a you might catch a little bit of verbal abuse because you're doing that, but you're getting out of there with you know with with twenty five bucks or whatever well, in your pocket. You probably did four games, so you're walking out right. of there with a hundred bucks. You're walking out with a hundred bucks in two hours, right, yeah. or less. So, anyway, um, you're you're. It's, but it is. It is really a problem because because people just feel like it's acceptable for some reason to berate officials when you don't agree with them, right? And 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 so many people don't understand. They have a super strong bias for whatever team they're there for. So you're gonna see it through your own lens. You're gonna see every call through your own lens. Any call that goes against your team that drives me insane at games, sure. at any sporting event, sitting around people who just are yelling about every call that goes against them and every call that does that they 
they don't get that they think they should get. Right. It, it, it's, oh, my god. We've gosh. had this conversation multiple times, yes. and we will again because Xavier basketball is getting ready, <laughs> getting ready to start, and, and I I'm, have to sit – where I sit for the last two years, which I'm not giving up that seat because I have extra foot room like nobody else has in front or behind me. No way I'm, I'm giving up my seat. But at the same time, the people that I have to sit around, not sit around, the people sit behind me. That's all day. I'll, I can't stand it. Anyway, besides that. So well, the other thing. Oh, um, so I heard I heard another good thing uh, from from the from the same umpire. He, he also coaches. Uh, his uh, 11 and 12 year old kids or something like that anyway in baseball and so when he hears when he has a a parent or a lot of times grandparent at a game <laughs> going nuts on a starting to yell and scream at a at a either at a kid or one of their at their kid or some kid or at a umpire he says whoa 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 hey the scouts didn't come this week, man. Don't worry about it. Scouts aren't here. They can make a mistake. It'll be okay. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Right. And I and I like that. I like that. That's you know, if you can't if you can't say something to make everybody kind of giggle a little bit, even the guy who's doing it, like there's no reason to get to 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 he's berating somebody else. There's no reason to berate him, but you can Listen, I'm all about saying something to make fun of somebody. Not make fun of them, but make everybody around them laugh so they realize how silly they're being when everybody's laughing except them. I don't want people to be laughed at or bullied, but at the same time, you need to understand what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. You do have officials in every sport, and you see it a lot in basketball, um, especially that you know, have, have rabbit ears or whatever, where you, oh, yeah. you know, where you, you get somebody that's kind of giving you a hard time or whatever, but you're like, you're on it. You're like, you're hearing everything they're saying and, and you're, you know, you're, you're, it's affecting you, you know, it's in your head and it's affecting the way you're performing because you're so worried about what everybody's saying about you or to you. And, and you're handing out technicals and stuff like that and stopping games and that person's that person needs to go or I'm I'm done listening to that person get him out or whatever I need to start umpiring because I feel like I would just laugh at everybody all day long <laughs> but that's the thing like you have that's part of it you have to try to be able to block it all out because you need to be focused on what you're supposed to be focused on not what everybody's saying it doesn't matter whether you're but you you're know, human, man. They're human. You are. They're human. You are, but but that's part of the training, I think. I think that's why you have to train for something yeah. like that because you have to practice blocking out all the negativity and all the people who are giving you a hard time that that probably don't know, don't have a, as good an angle as you do on calls, that don't know the rules exactly like you, that, you know, that don't know where you're supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. Right. Anyway, so we can I mean we can talk about officials a lot, but but getting back specifically to coaching, um I w w one real quick thing, Joe Leonard has asked how many technicals I have to my name, how many technical fouls. I have exactly zero technical fouls so far in, in my lifetime. Um as an assistant coach. As a coach. As a coach, period. Yeah. And I think as a player. I'm pretty sure as a player too. Really? I'm, I know you're surprised by that. Uh, I know you're surprised by that. I don't think you, I've ever hit him. To some people's surprise, Adam gets on a basketball court and talk about not – he just got done talking about that the way you should speak to a ref. And uh, we talk about all the time in the NBA <laughs> how people how people get on referees in the middle of a game and they shouldn't be able to do that. And where do they get the, where do they get the, the idea that they're allowed to do that? Woo! 
I've seen Adam. Holy cow! I've, I've seen Adam. I've, I've redder <laughs> than the the Reds. Uh, redder than the Reds towel directly behind him. I have calmed as I've gotten older, <laughs> and um, I would say that I would say that uh, in the leagues that I played in, that you played with me. Um, we had the situations that we were talking about, those officials that showed up to collect some money uh-huh. and uh, were not very concerned about doing a good job. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel like I but feel Adam, like in the so Adam that, felt like it was okay. So I did not exactly. I did not I did I I didn't think it was okay, but that didn't stop me from <laughs> <laughs> Yes. There All you right. go. Because usually I, probably afterwards you probably were very you probably felt really bad about it. 24 hours later. As I, yes. And as I, th- as I think about the times where I got very upset with officials, um, I never cursed anybody out or anything like that. No, never... it was just, you're terrible. How could you not do that? How could you do that? How could... Very irate. Oh, my gosh. So irate. The word irate <laughs> couldn't fit anybody better than the way you would get in the middle of a basketball game. Anyway. By the way... Uh, You'll have to look later because Joe has uh, provided a link to the story about why uh, a couple of Ty Cobb's hits were taken away. Okay, sounds good. And what if uh, Eugenio Suarez hits number 50 tomorrow and it's a walk-off home run? That's, I'm good Marty's with that, too. Call Great. Marty's calls a walk-off 50. 50 for the Venezuelan. Let's do it. <clears throat> good suggestion. Let's yeah. uh, let's get together with we, Eugenio Suarez and see if we can make, make it happen. Make it happen, man. He's got a sweet black earring right now, the Barry Bonds dangly earring going on. <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Okay, you have different kinds of kids on your team, different skill levels. Um, yes. Okay. Do you do you gravitate more toward coaching up the kids who who are lower level talent? Uh, who need more work, or the kids who have more skill, who have more natural ability that you know can become really good if they get the right coaching and if they get the right, you know, the, the right attitude and all that kind of stuff. Which I'll, which kind of kid do you? I'll be honest. For me, mm-hmm. I I would I gravitate to those two kids and I try to put them together. I it's the ones in the middle that just seem like they're just there. They could be good, maybe maybe not. You don't know. Those are the ones that I usually fall away from. It's the ones that are, it's the ones with more, with the higher skills, because I, I feel like, oh my gosh, you're just, you're right there, man. Let's, let's tweak this. You, you understand what I'm saying when I say tweak this, tweak that, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. And then the lower ones where it's like, man, I'm, you are going to have, you're going to hit the ball every time in the last game. You yeah, yeah. may not be able to do anything right now, but in the last game, you are going to be hitting the ball. Those are my two. Those are the two that I gravitate to both. I don't. I can't say that I. It's one or the other. The the middle of the road kids are harder for me, um, and it's not even harder. I, it, I I hate to say that, but I, I if I had to choose, I would say that. Even though I feel like I spend just as much time with everybody, but sure, that's sure. where I would be. For at. just in case uh, parents from Chris's team are listening, he yeah he uh, spends a, as much time with everybody as everybody else. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, it, it, and that's it's hard. I, I kind of feel like, you know, it, it's easy to kind of favor the kids who are better naturally. I don't, but it's yeah. it's it's easier to favor them. But I, for me, I find myself letting them go and and not coaching them up as much as the kids who are at the bottom. 
You know, yeah. I feel like I want them to get up to at least that middle level, mm-hmm. you know, with everybody else. And I think I find myself the kids because most of the time it's simple stuff. It's it's like basic fundamentals that they don't have. They never got for whatever reason. And you, you know, those are the easiest things to coach, obviously. So I maybe that's just why it is for me. It's, I shouldn't gravitate toward the easiest thing. That's not how you I don't, get better. I don't but. know that fundamentals are necessarily the easiest thing. Fundamentals sometimes are the easiest things for people to forget or for people to stop doing. It's not always the easiest thing to catch on to especially at an older age if you've been playing for a long time and you're not doing anything fundamentally sound sometimes that's the hardest thing to do yeah yeah as kids get older and they get more naturally gifted and stuff like that or they or they get more skilled i should say um in in your, they're able to do other things and their their coordination and their motor skills and stuff are are you know about as high as you know once they get into high school they start getting you know getting to where they can do a lot of different things it is it's harder to get get kids to remember fundamentals and then even in college and and in in the pros sometimes it's it's it helps to go back like I, I i always wanted to do that stuff in practice with the semi pro team um that i was that i was working with for a few years yeah do basic fundamental stuff. I mean, ha- or it, just make it a day a month or two days a month or something like that and practices or something like that, But or, or start every practice with five minutes of it or something like that where, where you're going and doing basic ball handling drills, you know? Sure. And, and just, just to get – I mean, that really kind of – that way you kind of build up. You kind of you think, okay, this is the basic stuff. So then, okay, now we can go into playing – and you're handling the ball better than you were 10 minutes ago because you just did five minutes of ball handling, basic ball handling. Now you feel a lot more comfortable than you did when you walked in today, right? Um, so, but and, and it is, it, it's it's just fundamentals. I, I enjoy teaching fundamentals, especially in basketball, because um, it, it's it's where the whole the the game starts, and that you have to have those before you can get good at anything else. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's I think that's why I usually gravitate, or I at least spend a little more time working with. The I kids think that's who, I think that's most most coaches, most good coaches yeah. are that way anyway. All right, enough about coaching. We had we, that was a good that was unless you got more. You got another question? You got another? I mean, I have plenty of stuff, but yeah. Uh, what, do do you feel like you know your strengths and weaknesses as a coach? Yes, I feel like I know my weaknesses. I don't know what my strengths are, but I know my weaknesses. Same. I 100% know my weaknesses because I get on myself every single practice about them. Do you want to talk about your weaknesses? Uh, time, uh, time consolidation, time, time what is management. it? Time management. There you go. Time management in a practice and having an idea of what I want to do. And when it doesn't seem like it's working the way I want it to work, just giving up and saying, oh, let's just, okay, forget it. Let's do this instead, instead of sticking with something. And I know what I want to do with them. I know the drills I want to do, I know, and but seeing that okay, they're too young or or they're it's it's not working the way I want it to work, and just giving up on it altogether. Those are my, I'd say those are my definitely mine. I got you. Okay, your strengths. You know, I, got, you I have no strengths. You know, you have strengths. No, I, I'm funny. The kids think I'm funny. That's my strength. That's it. So connecting, connecting with the kids, right? Uh, just being a kid myself. Right. Helps. So you bet. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, that, that's, I, I, that's an important thing. If you ask Greg Popovich, he's going to tell you you're you're the kind of coach you would rather have than a guy who, who 
just goes in like a robot and says, okay, do this dribbling drill and then pass chest passes and, yeah. you know, that kind of – like he he's a – Greg Popovich, the best coach in the NBA uh, for the last 20 years has, has – you know, that's what he's all about is the relationships that he builds with his players, right? Yeah, and And his exactly. staff and everybody. That's why um, him and – that's why him and, uh, you know, one of the top five players in, in all basketball got along so well. Yeah, Tim Duncan. Right. Kawhi Leonard. I'm talking about best five, five best at play right now. Oh, play right now. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, they got along until Kawhi Leonard got hurt, and then they couldn't agree on how his injury was feeling, and then all kinds of stuff happened. But anyway, yes. How my injury is feeling. I feel like I'm the one that has the best idea on that. Spurs. The Spurs had a different opinion about that. Because they know how he feels. Right. Anyway. All right, so enough <laughs> on coaching. Let's get on to the last segment. We're running. This is going to be one of the longer podcasts we've had. So uh, that's all right, though. So we listened to Dimitri martin uh we watched it as we watched it well i listened to everything (laughs) we watched it and it was uh it was good what did you think tell me what you think about it i i when i first started it i was like man this is going to be long and boring and i'm in dull (laughs) but after about two minutes in i was like okay no this dude's pretty good yeah so so yeah i've been a fan of dimitri martin for a long time and um I, I I kind of feel like I, like we talked about already, like a lot of comedians, I feel like when I first saw him, I was a little bit more into him because I just, I don't know, I guess you just get that, that new, that sensation of a new thing, you know, you just get a little bit more excited about it. Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, he was really funny and I've talked about his, he had a show on Comedy Central for a season or two seasons or something like that and I thought it was really good and um, the way he in court, you know, he's, he's a, he's a very intellectual guy, you can tell and he's, he's, he, his, his vocabulary and his you know he you can just tell he talks well, he does about, a lot of stuff he talks about you know he reads a ton and stuff like that and he's ne- he was never a big sports guy and stuff um it, so he was you know he was into reading and all kinds of yeah. different stuff like that so he was he was a little bit more academically inclined i guess um but i you know i i really 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 like that about him and, and it just it's fun because you can do all the poop jokes and the you know the all sex kinds of jokes sex and, all jokes and stuff, stuff like yeah. that and a lot of comedians do that and a lot of comedians do like 90 percent of that stuff and, and those are that's all funny too but it's kind of a nice relief sometimes to hear a, an intelligent person you know do kind of like higher level jokes you know yeah, what i mean it was good it wasn't dave Chappelle, but it was good <laughs> okay it wasn't bill right. burr but it was good okay. it was good yeah. So yeah, I, I I really I really like Dimitri Martin, and he's you know he's an artistic guy, and he can he plays the guitar and stuff, and um, yeah, he draws pictures and plays the guitar. There's a lot of really funny jokes in there. With the I thought the pictures were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to look at him and actually think about what he was saying yeah. for it to make sense. It so, makes you think. A li- yeah, yeah, it makes you. Uh, yeah. What's it, what's it called? It was called overthinker or something. Wasn't yeah, it? the overthinker. Yep. <coughs> so. And, and and the weird part about it that I didn't like, I'll be honest, I didn't like was maybe I didn't like it at first, but it, it grew on me was the, the pauses and then not live, but like redubbed over is him in his own head telling him what he's thinking about. Like, Oh, that joke went well. Let's try this joke now. Boom. And then he starts talking again. Yeah. And I, I don't know how I felt about that. I'm uh, mixed feelings. Like in the beginning, I was like, "Man, come on, let's just let's just have the comedy special and go." But it was pretty good. It was pretty good. 
I'm going to have a cupcake after the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some weird stuff. Some the, weird stuff. The, the, the drawings The drawings were really good. I like that a lot. The P-shirt. Yep, the P-shirt. <laughs> the P-shirt yep. instead of the T-shirt. Yep. The dollar sign that looks more like a uh, – the dollar sign looks more like the symbol for shish kebab than, yeah. than money. Um, the, I liked the uh, out of order, the out of w order sign. Oh, yeah. Out of order, out <laughs> of said, order sign. It said uh, of order out or something yeah. like that. Um, the uh, they, they did a couple like Venn diagrams, and the one was uh, tough guys on one circle and spandex the other circle, and he just drew like laces in the middle where they met yeah. because it was a football. That's and where it was a tough football. guys and spandex <laughs> meet is football. Um, so another joke that I loved was the, where you replace, you can replace O, you can replace zero with O, the letter O you can replace, yeah, but people you can't it all do the it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, your number is, uh, you know, six, one, six, one, Oh, one, Oh, you know, five Oh or whatever. But you can't say, yeah, my uh, it's Thomas. My name is T H zero M A S. You don't see it that way. He's I that did. kind of comedian, though. It's like he just and but they're quick one line little qui- little little uh, quiffs or quiffs. That's not what I meant to say. Quips. Quips. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, put your P instead of your F in there, ding dong. It's <laughs> uh, a kids show. I liked the uh, – <laughs> he talked about going to the gym, trying to go to the gym yeah. and it never yeah. working out really. But he was talking about different things he wanted to see at the gym, like the, the stationary bike being in a wheelie position. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the Stairmaster that only went down the stairs. Um, that was good. And then um, I liked the, the – you know, he talked about balloons. You use balloons to like celebrate things and, and uh, to, to like, you know – be part of like get togethers and stuff he said but you can't grieve with balloons you can't walk into <laughs> a funeral, funeral with a bunch of black balloons and hand them to the person <laughs> like oh thanks i guess i'll I guess i'll tidy these to the casket yeah. <laughs> like, look pop them when you're ready that's right pop them when you're ready he did um, it was good man he did a good job he my did my favorite thing though yes let's hear it favorite part fascinating facts when he picked up his guitar that was his fascinating facts and I think that was my favorite part of it. Just, like a couple of them were about 75% of all German shepherds are dogs. <laughs> the rest are German shepherds. <laughs> By simply adding a ponytail, a man can remove up to all of his credibility. <laughs> Nearly one half of all Americans are torsos. <laughs> I like that one. Um Anyway, and you're you're more likely to die in a terrible accident than in a wonderful accident. <laughs> uh, anyway, there were I, I really like Dimitri Martin. This was a really funny one, and I put it. So you say you know not quite. Okay, so you liked Chappelle and Bill Burr. They're still my top two. Your top two, and then Gaffigan was under that, right? Yeah. Who? What was oh, the other well, ones Eddie we Murphy did? Delirious. The Eddie Murphy Delirious, then Gaffigan, then Whitney. Okay, and then where does? The Overthinker by Demetri. I put him over top of Eddie Murphy. I put that, well, hmm, Delirious was really good. Maybe just on, right at the same level. I, I laughed pretty I laughed pretty hard at this. It's a different type of comedy, though. It's hard to compare. Mm-hmm. So it's a different type of comedy, but it still made me laugh hard all the time. Pretty consistent throughout the whole thing. Same. I, I put it probably just under, I probably put it just under Chappelle and Bill Burr, and I had Jim Gaffigan up there with those guys, too. Yeah. And I think it's, 
I think Dimitri Martin is really, really close. I thought he was better than Gaffigan. I thought he was pretty good. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so who do you want to do next? Well, we talked about uh, on the podcast last week, we talked about doing Mike Berbiglia, mm-hmm. uh, but Nikki Glazer, who we've talked about on this podcast a ton, has just come out with a new uh, a new special called Bangin'. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say we do Nikki Glazer. I say we do the okay. Nick. Okay. I, I, she's one of my favorite comedians, so I'm going to be really disappointed if this comes out like the Whitney Cummings yeah. uh, special. But that's all right. I'm okay with it. I still Nikki Glazer's my girl. Do you ever listen to her up. podcast? No, I don't listen to podcasts. Okay, you don't listen. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's check, not a joke. I don't check, listen to you podcasts. Check this one podcast out. It's called the Nosebleeds. Yeah, right, I know. Check okay. that one out. I, I apologize. <laughs> I listen to our podcast, but I listen to it as I'm recording, as I'm doing everything at night afterwards. I just listen to the recording of it. I don't listen to, I have no idea what it sounds like on the actual podcast. I do listen to it every now and then. I'll, 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 I'll throw it, throw it up on iTunes, but that's, that's the only podcast I listen to is this one. And it should be yours too. I know there's a, a ton. Everybody tells me all about them. I got no time for that. <laughs> You're in the car all the time. You, yeah. have, you have all the time. So what am I going to turn the radio off? <laughs> yes, turn a podcast on. Why would I turn the podcast on? Then I'm not going to get my sports info I need for the show. You listen to one sports talk show. You're going to get all the sports info that you're going to hear on every other talk show. No, but it's in. <sighs> listen uh, to Dan Lebetard, and after he's over, you just told me to listen to a sports talk show. Dan Lebetard is the farthest thing from a sports <laughs> talk show, and I do like Dan Lebetard show. So do I. All right, all right. So, so uh, Nikki Glazer, Nikki Glazer, banging. Check it out. We're going to do that next. We'll throw that up. I'm gonna rate. I'm gonna figure out how I'm gonna rate these things. I'm gonna give them. Uh, I'm gonna give them. I'm not doing tomatoes or stars. I'm gonna find something. Let's see. I'm gonna find something what's, to give. What's them. something comedy related? I don't know. Robots. <clears throat> how many laughs? Zeros. Nah. Anyway, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Uh, the way we're gonna do it. But uh, we've been on here for quite a while. We're on hour and forty five minutes, man. This is a good podcast. Hey, check this one out. This is one of our best ones yet. I think we had a lot of fun. Adam, uh, if somebody wants to get hold of you on the tweet box, what do they say? Adam Schmidt 44. There you go. I'm at Sick With It. Uh, catch us every Wednesday night, 1030, on the FaceTube Live, Facebook Live. I have to say it so much. I said it that time. On Facebook Live and then on uh, all the other platforms on Thursday morning. And go ahead. And because it's now official... Happy birthday to you. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, happy 10th anniversary to my wife, Aaron. Happy 10th oh, anniversary. yeah. Yep, so there you nice. go. 10th anniversary, and you Born are, on my birthday. And you are turning 23 years old today. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Times, times. Uh, let's see. Divided, divided. Oh, you would have no, gotten married at 13. Minus, <laughs> minus 10 times 3. 36. Oh, wow. There you go. So, uh, I appreciate that, though. Thank you very much, uh, and don't forget to turn your headlights on.